Hey everybody, it's Nick, and uh, you know, I'm not going to bury the lead here. You've seen what this episode is called. Um, my grandmother, Verlin Hunt Smithson Grant, she passed away earlier this week at the age of 99, and obviously we're all about sharing of ourselves here on Where There's Smoke, but the reason that this is particularly relevant to Where There's Smoke listeners is that you might remember that she was featured in episode number 49 of this podcast, an episode titled You Can't Get There From Hair. And uh, very quickly, it's an episode about acceptance, and specifically it's about me trying to make sense of my receding hairline. You know, it's this idea of I know it's not a big deal, and if somebody come up to me and talk to me about their receding hairline, I'd tell them it's not a big deal. But now that it's happening to me, it's like really hard. And so I talked to her about it at the age of 95, um, and, and very quickly after we aired this, it became pretty apparent that it was one of, if not the, uh, most popular segment, at least our, maybe our favorite guest on the show that we'd ever had. So we're going to clip that out and just share that segment with you, um, here today in the links, you know, somebody who lives to be a hundred is going to have lots of stories and, you know, there's a link here in the in the podcast description with just an article that was written about her a couple of years ago that I hope you get a chance to read. You know, she was a force in my family. I think that's pretty easy to say. Um, and, you know, I it's, it's just strange to think about when someone lives to be 100, I'm 38, someone lives to be 100, it's just like they exist out of time from you in some way. And so, you know, getting used to the thought that she's not here, even though I didn't see her every day, is sort of a strange, strange thing to come, strange to come to grips with. But, um, you know, there's a, there's a moment in this episode that I'd forgotten about where I, I tell her that we're going to talk again in five years when she's a hundred. And, um, I, 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 as it, I was taking a walk and I was listening to this, um, the other day and I, you know, she says something, and and I I guess you could take it and be very sad about it. But the whole episode is about acceptance, and when she says what she says afterwards, I, I I laughed out loud while I was walking because it really does sort of highlight kind of what we were talking about in the episode. And um, so I hope that the wisdom of someone who is ninety five is can serve you today as we deal with a, an uncertain world. And, um, you know, if anytime you lose somebody, it's like a reminder to reach out to those people that while you still can, you know, I feel very fortunate when I was older in the last few years, I got to spend more time with my grandmother alone than at any point I had really when I was growing up because there were so many cousins, so many grandchildren, so many of her own kids. So just enjoy listening to this and, um, you know, know that she'll be missed and I'm, I wish we could have had. 10 more of these segments, but I am also still very grateful that we have this to look back on because this really does capture the woman that I knew. So please enjoy. You know, Brett, that concept of emotional freedom is really interesting to me. And while I can't personally attest to it, I mean, you've met me. That's it. I can't attest to that idea. It feels so true. I mean, Clearly, if I had attained the appropriate level of emotional freedom, this hair thing wouldn't bother me at all. And neither would my reaction to the hair thing. And so actually, I was in Nashville a couple weeks ago, 
And I think I may have talked to someone who has accepted where they are in their life and found that freedom that you're talking about. You should tell me how old you are. I am. I was 95 years old today. This is my birthday. I was born May 1st, 1921. I have five generations living with me in my house today. 90, did you ever think you'd make it to 95? It, it never crossed my mind, but my mother lived to be 96. My father died at 85. Okay. Uh, oh, and I have a cousin that's 105. Uh, that helps you out in here. I heard about that. Wait, Nick, who, who was that? That's my grandmother, Brett, Verlin Grant. She's 95 years old. <laughs> She's happy, opinionated, and, and she does love her cigarettes. Yeah. Was five years well, ago. I would love to stop simply because it would make sense. But, um. No, it got you this far. Yeah, and, and I can't wait to light that other butts up right there. <laughs> For her birthday, a bunch of family congregated at her place, and while I was there, I figured, who better to talk to about my balding issue than my 95-year-old grandmother? She'll be able to put things in perspective. And so I told her about my situation, uh, my hair situation, and then asked her what I should do. You're 95. You have answers. I do not. The question is, should I be worried about it? No. Should I be mad that your genes didn't pass on to me? (laughs) No. Definitely don't worry about that. You're terribly good looking and go with that. Well, I appreciate it. Aw, isn't that sweet? (laughs) Thanks, Grandma. Quickly, the conversation stopped being about my hair, or lack thereof, and turned to topics related to memories and accomplishments from her life. And what's really interesting to me, Brett, is that as she spoke, there wasn't a sense of sadness or regret in the stories she told, or any examples of, oh, I wish I had done this or that. And I'm not suggesting that she's never felt that way, but that now, at the age of 95, she's accepted all of those feelings as just things that happened, things that she can't possibly change. And here's the thing. Over the course of 95 years, I'm sure there are countless situations and choices for my grandmother to regret. Because she's my grandmother and because she was born 95 years ago, I asked her to describe what her earliest memory is. That's a long time ago. And right away, that earliest memory highlights several values that she strongly believes in, family and work. My earliest remembers where I can remember well I was three. So that would be, what, uh, 1924? Mm-hmm. What was it? My daddy was building a chicken house. And when he came home from work, he'd go down to work on his chicken house, and I'd be right behind him. And as he was cutting off a little block of wood, I'd pick it up and try to hammer it to something while he was hammering something. But I followed my daddy around like a little duck following their mother duck as a little kid. And he rocked me to sleep till I was about four. And he finally got to the place where he would be asleep before I'd go to sleep. So I'd sit up there in his lap and let me rock and let him rock and sing to me until he finally dropped off to sleep himself. And I'd just get out of his lap and go get in my bed and cover myself up. Those values, work and family, have served her well, and she's passed those values on to her children and hopefully her grandchildren, that's me, and great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren. She's been a hard worker all her life and never spent a lot of time wishing she had something else or something more. 
Now, obviously, I'm not her, so I can't know with 100% certainty how she thinks and feels. But this peace that I sense in her seems to come from an acceptance and awareness of what she could and could not control or change. I've never been miserable a day in my life. I, well, maybe miserable a day about something. But as a rule, I've been very happy. I worked hard. I enjoyed Wherever I went to work, I enjoyed it. And uh, I ain't gotten along well with people. Yeah. What I didn't have never really bothered me. Hmm. I made do with what I had, what I could earn. I never, I don't think people really believe this, but I never asked anybody for a penny in, in my adult life. Hmm. And it was very difficult for me to ask anybody for anything when I was even young. Very difficult. As we were winding down our conversation, I told her that we'd meet up again in five years, like when she's 100 years old. And um, I think her response is a lot, Brett. Sit back so I can light my cigarette, oh, and I don't want to blow smoke in your face, no, but I haven't been without my cigarette long enough. No, no, I think, well, I think we're good, though. I think we got what we want, and we're going to make a plan. Make a plan? Yeah, we're going we're to talk again in five years. That's the plan. I mean, we'll, well then, you we'll might have to go to the cemetery for this next discussion. Now listen, kids, don't smoke. It's really bad for your health. But in that moment, when she when she flicks that lighter to light her cigarette, at the age of 95, that's the sound of freedom. That's, well, that's f*** it. So returning to the issue of my hair. My grandmother did have more to say about it than just pointing out how terribly good-looking I am, Brett. Of course, she told me not to worry about it, and as she recounted her daily prayers for her children, she highlighted the things that are worth worrying about and keeping in mind throughout the day. And as I look in the mirror every morning at my ever-shrinking hairline, I hope to keep all of this in mind. What do you, what do you pray for now? My children. For the welfare of my children, I have a prayer that I pray every two, maybe two or three times a day. What is it? Uh, that they will have health, happiness, prosperity, long life, goodness, wisdom, mercy, peace, love, and forgiveness. That goes every day for my children. Oh, I, wait a minute, I got that wrong. Have peace, happiness, Peace, happiness, prosperity, a long life, and a happy old age. I have added that on lately. A happy old age. Hair has always, I think, mattered to people. But it's just really not that important. And I've seen a lot of men with no hair just as handsome as they can be. And I've seen some with hair and ugly as hell. <laughs> so 